What's up? It's Mark from Dirty Honey. Hey, what's up? It's Dorothy. And you're listening to Appetite for Distortion with Brenda. Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode number 361. My name is Brando. Just a moment, we're going to be talking to Dorothy Martin of the amazing band, Dorothy, and we welcome back Mark LaBelle of Dirty Honey. They're about to embark on a huge tour together. And then after that, though, I want you to stick around. We're going to talk about why my 2020 Roberta Freeman interview is kind of going viral on TikTok. We'll get into that. But first, really excited to meet uh, you, Dorothy. Um, I've been a fan of yours for a while. And, and Mark, welcome back. So How are you, man? I'm doing pretty well. We can call this a hat trick for you, Mark, right? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. I love it. There's the hockey references. I, I know you pretty well, but I don't know Dorothy well. So I forgive me if I kind of lean that direction to learn. Just don't worry about it, man. I'm a cat mom. Okay. How many his, name is, his name is Wesley Stripes, and I need to adopt a friend for him because he's very bored. Wesley Stripes. I like that. My cat, uh, Blackie Clawless, was just eating a, uh, one of those little buttercups <laughs> on the floor right before the interview, so that was fun. But n- enough about me, enough about the cats. We got only a little bit of time. Uh, this tour, Mark, you know what I want to ask you? Because last time I spoke with you, you finished up, or you were actually about to embark on the tour with Mammoth and Wolfgang Van Halen. If you can kind of sum up how that tour was, you know, any special memories uh, now that that's over and you're embarking on a new one? Special memories. I, I mean, the tour was great. Um, played to packed houses every night. I thought it was a great tour for, for rock fans. You know, there's definitely two different flavors of rock in, in those two artists, but um, yeah, no, we had a great time. Um, definitely had a special memory for sure. When um, Wolfie, unfortunately, somebody I think got, got COVID in their camp and they had to cancel a show in Raleigh. And then the next night we wound up playing with Dorothy and that's how this whole thing sort of started. Um, but that night in Raleigh, like, you know, that we, they were just like, you guys got to play a little longer. We can't play, um, you know, give the fans their money's worth. And that was like, you know, one of the few times in the career where like you got a proper encore where like the audience is not letting you leave. the That building. was a special show. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. sick. So, okay. um, you know, I'll, I'll always remember that, um, that night in, in Raleigh specifically. So, and then to go on, you know, the next night and have, you know, out of a bad situation, something good, um, happened with Dorothy jumping on and, you know, it, it turning into a whole tour now. So it's kind of kismet the way it all worked out. Oh, that's cool. That kind of answers my next question as one of my cats enters the frame. So <laughs> as you can see, that's, that's blackie clawless. Um, so I was going to ask how the tour started because, yeah, management sometimes put things together, but what bonded you two? And it seems like I, I kind of got the answer. So, Dorothy, if I can get your perspective, did you, oh, know, yeah. did you know Mark well before? Did you know Dirty Horning well before? Or was it just I like that? 
I didn't know them well. I just knew of them and uh, our, a lot of our bandmates are all friends and it just kind of, the stars kind of aligned and it made sense. It's a no brainer. So I think it's a great package and uh, their fans were so supportive and great to perform for. Awesome. I believe I asked uh, Mark and Wolf this, so I'll kind of gear it towards this. Dorothy, do you have a favorite Dirty Honey song? And then I'll ask Mark a favorite Dorothy song. So yeah. I get California Dreamin' stuck in my head often. Mm. Nice. His voice is just, it just cuts right through everything. It's so good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, I mean, for me, I tend to uh, favor the more like soulful, bluesy stuff. So Flawless, like the first time I heard it, I actually saw a video of you like performing it on, I think like a morning show or something somewhere. And I, I just fell in love with the song instantly. And it's got a great, great chorus. And I think we've all felt that way and have been, uh, you know, um, compromised by somebody, you know, that we cared about. Um, so, you know, that song spoke to me when I first heard it. And, and I, I listened to it the other day on my road trip. So right on, right on. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, that's what I like seeing when uh, bands can, artists can unite, not just musically, but you can see that there's some sort of, I don't know, deeper emotional connection there that you kind of get each other in the paths. Um, this is actually a question that comes from a listener. Uh, this is from Blue Jean Baby. I'm sure not her na- real name. Uh, she's from Denmark. Would like to know from Dorothy about her musical influences. So good to hear a badass woman in rock again. Oh my gosh. Thank you for the question. Um, you know, I grew up listening to my dad's records, lots of Motown, um, lots of classic rock. I think the first thing that really struck me was um, the the female's vocal on Great Gig in the Sky, Pink Floyd. And her wailing was just so powerful. It just stuck with me, you know. And then I, I listened to Tina Turner and Janis Joplin and a lot of um, oldies, Motown, classic rock. And then I, I, you know, I went through my grunge and alternative phase in the 90s. Sure. Um, so there's a lot of influences in there. I think Steven Tyler is one of the most exciting rock front people and vocalists alive. Um, <clears throat> and he's an Aries like me, so he's like super cool. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm a Virgo. I don't know what that means to you. I have no idea what it even means, but he's great. Um, yeah, and, and it's exciting to see, you know, my generation, a lot of us doing this and people loving it and it's like it's like we're a big family one big happy family mm-hmm. I know one of the previous times when I interviewed Mark you had your Aerosmith sweatshirt on speaking of Aerosmith oh, yeah but I didn't comes get with me everywhere as it should but I didn't get a chance to ask you perhaps other than Dorothy you're maybe your f- favorite female vocalists or maybe one that inspired you anyone specific oh, man um Janis Joplin definitely inspired me a lot um I was just thinking, uh, oh Lord, won't you buy me Mercedes Benz? I love that song, man. That's, and I just love her voice on it too. But you know, Stevie Nicks obviously is amazing. Um, I actually used to listen to a live record of Brian Adams and Celine Dion doing "It's Only Love" that Tina Turner's usually on, and man, she fucking kills it too. So, um, there's a ton of them, obviously. Um, Stevie Nicks is, is the big one though. Again, on my road trip, that was like, just went down a deep Fleetwood Mac dive, um, a few days ago. So she's like fresh in my mind right she's, now. Yeah. She's got that smoky lower register. Her vibrato is kind of fast. Yeah. But it's, it's soothing. Janice though, Janice Joplin was a huge influence on Steven Tyler and who's a, obviously a big influence on me. Um, 
So I, I guess like inadvertently, that's like directly like woven into my being. Sure. The six degrees of separation, or that's my segue into six degrees yeah. of GNR bacon. You remember that, Mark? I, I've got, <laughs> that's my, my podcast is Appetite for Distortion. So I use yes. six degrees of Guns N' Roses bacon, my patent pending. I don't know. So I've, I've got, it's a, you got a patent on that one. It's in the mail. It's in the mail. Uh, <laughs> so I know we have a short amount of time. I've spoken to Mark about, you know, your experiences and hopefully when you're on a fourth time, but Dorothy, do you have any connections uh, either to GNR? Have you met any of the guys or just perhaps just a fan, seen them in concert, any, anything GNR related you can possibly share? Yes. Okay. Um, it's out there on the internet. I dated the guitar player a long time ago who's no longer in the band. That didn't work out too well. Um, I got to go on the road with them and just kind of see how it all worked and uh, made Axel a margarita and we had fun at their after parties. It was cool. Okay. I, you know, I, I grew up listening to them and I love, I absolutely love the production on Welcome to the Jungle. And I think I'm doing something soon here with Mike Klink. So that's ooh. a huge honor. And and what a great record, you know, just iconic. Well, ask him to, you know, do my podcast, please. I'm, trying, I'm glad you did. I will. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and you know what? Because I'm not a gossipy person. I had no idea about the dating thing. So I won't deep dive into it. But just tell me it's not Buckethead, right? Oh, it's not Buckethead. And um, I wrote a song about it and it's called Flawless. You know, oh, nice. You know what? Next time I'll ask you about that. It's my Taylor Swift moment, but you know, I'm not petty. So <laughs> okay, she's, she's publicly giving him, you know, <laughs> okay. You know, what? I'm going to do more. I was so focused on the tour and everything. So I didn't even deep dive into that. So hopefully I get you back on again, Dorothy. We could talk more sure. about maybe that to. more about cats though. He says, yes, hello. I would love that. He says, cats hello. and coffee. Well, I have my Ninja Turtles thermos here. That's all I can do. Fill with water. That's the best nice. I can do. Uh, nice seeing you again, Mark. Very nice meeting you, Dorothy. Me, you. Take care. Be good. You too. Bye, Kitty. <laughs> bye, Kitty, she says. Bye, Dorothy. Bye, bye, Mark. I appreciate both of them coming on, especially Mark for the third time and hoping to speak to Dorothy again. And yeah, I had no idea she apparently dated DJ Ashba. So I'm looking this up as she's talking. And, of course, I'm known to miss a factor or two. <laughs> it happens. But I kind of had to search for it. It wasn't obvious. I knew it wasn't Buckethead. That was a joke. And, honestly, the first person that came to mind was DJ Ashba. I'm like, why not? He's a good-looking cat. Maybe she dated him. And, yeah, there are pictures of them together, and I believe they dated for a year. And I didn't want to pry too much because, A, didn't have the time for it, as this is one of those radio tours, short interviews, and she also seemed a bit uncomfortable, and that's just not what I'm about. If I get it on the second time, maybe she's more open to it. It's, it's really not that big of a deal if I find out more about it, but very interesting to know Flawless is about her. I posted that on, on Facebook as I'm recording this and, and, and seeing and wondering if you knew this too, and many of you, as I'm posting this on, on social media, on Facebook, on on, uh, on Twitter, you were not aware either. Some of you who are, are Dorothy fans, you are aware and know, and like that song, had no idea it was about DJ Ashba. So that's pretty cool to find that out now. And I didn't post it on TikTok because, well, I'm not on TikTok. I know I mentioned it earlier that, well, I'm kind of almost viral-ish on TikTok. I know, I, f I feel silly 
talking about it. <laughs> You're probably laughing too. TikTok, it's a thing. It exists. My wife uses it, but even though she's a dance teacher, she's not on there doing silly dances. She's watching DIY stuff, how to propagate propagate plants, uh, or things that are abroad, kind of useful things. She's like that commercial. I learned it from TikTok. She's she's one of those people. That's that's okay, but there's also certain trends that go viral that you may be aware of that make the news. Usually kids doing stupid things like eating Tide Pods or just dumb things. I thought about getting a TikTok just to be in with the kids, but no, it's it's not, it's not for me. However, there was a viral TikTok that kind of caught my purview because it went viral and it, it started making the rounds of the rock news stations and and. Well, even bigger places like Newsweek and uh, you. What was the one that just shared it? And they actually gave me credit. UNL Unilad, a big, big website, actually mentioned me. So, if you're not familiar with the story, and some of you are just just catching up, and if you know if you know what canceling is, look, it's a trend. I understand there are certain things that need to be canceled, right? Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby. Um, I used the example of Morgan Wallen. And, and and there, there's like nuance there. You know, did he use the the bad word towards somebody? And while well, his fans spoke up, you know, the society tried to cancel him. His label dropped him and his fans didn't care. Sells out tickets, sells concert, you know, albums, one of the most successful country artists in uh, in America, despite trying to be canceled. So it's saying the word canceled, kind of you take it with a grain of salt. So this TikTok user, Serena Trueblood, just she looks like, I don't know, a teenager, late teens, maybe early 20s. Uh, and she titles this, so your new favorite band is problematic. And new favorite band meaning Metallica. Metallica not new, but new to a lot of people because of another story that trended because they were in Stranger Things. Like Kate Bush. A lot of people discovered Kate Bush because of Stranger Things. Even Guns N' Roses to an extent because of Thor. Just a conversation that always happens, you know, when the younger generation discovers an older band. You know, and then there's a sort of gatekeeping that happens. Can you name three songs? I don't care if you can name three songs. Just know it's a band. <laughs> okay? And this has been confirmed by some, um, by fans or listeners of mine in other countries where they think Metallica or Guns N' Roses is just a phrase or a cool name or word. No, it's a band. That's the minimum. That's the bare minimum I ask for. So she discovers some problematic things in in Metallica's past. The, well, here's one example she gives. And starting off with a bang, there is their anti-Semitism. First, there's this picture of Hetfield and Ulrich doing a Nazi salute. We know that that picture went viral. I just think there was there was a time, to use a Guns N' Roses pun, where, I mean, you look at some old Mel Brooks movies. I mean, I'm, I'm watching Seinfeld. They're making Hitler jokes. I don't, it doesn't make them Nazis. I saw an episode of The Golden Girls the other day that would be offensive by today's standards. The Golden Girls. Are we going to try to cancel B. Arthur? We're not going to cancel Betty White. I mean, it's so it's like there's nuance here. But anyway, 
She continues by using this clip of mine from my 2020 interview with Roberta Freeman. Next up, there's some more racism. And I heard James say about Ice-T, because Ice-T was supposed supposed to join us on the tour. He said, I don't want to share my stage with a N-word. And that story's even corroborated by Axel Rose himself. Doesn't give me credit. I appreciate my wife, um, who, again, uses TikTok, leaving a message in the comments saying, that's my husband, you know, put a link to it. And there have, whether they found it that way or others, so there have been more people that have discovered my, my interview with Roberta Freeman from a couple years ago, which is great. That's, that's kind of the whole point. I feel like there's still so many people who don't know about this podcast that we've done so many amazing interviews. So even what I always say this, the conversation continues in between the broadcasts. So if you're, this is the first time you're hearing about this TikTok thing, you're missing out. I've been talking about it on social media. Um, you're just, you're missing out. And the same thing with, with YouTube. I'm always posting old clips, kind of refurbishing old interviews, things you may have missed, things you may have forgotten. And that's what happens. So it's not even like people are sharing the specific Roberto Freeman interview. They're sharing that specific clip, which I find very interesting. What's also interesting is there are some people getting mad at me for doing that. It's saying Roberta is lying. That it's bullshit. Really? What, why would she make this up? If you listen to the interview, she was afraid to, to mention this, that she might lose work. Oh, it happened 30 years ago. Well, think about what happened two years ago. It was the height of the Black Lives Matter movement. There was all social justice unrest. And here's Roberta Freeman, a black woman, seeing all this stuff about Metallica, Metallica, Metallica in her face every single day. And she felt she needed to say something. We spoke about it off the air before we spoke about it on the air. Things that we both were either A, uncomfortable talking about or B, comfortable talking about, like I didn't want her using the actual N-word. The point could be gotten across. I just didn't want that on my broadcast, and, and she understood. It just it would have made me uncomfortable, you know, and she almost slipped in the clip. That's why we kind of laugh when she's like, she almost slipped and, and said it about what uh, James, Hill, James Hetfield said about Ice-T. Uh, but there are people like defending James. Look, you weren't there. Roberta was there. I'm sorry, James said this, but within that conversation, I mean, who is the same person they were 30 years ago? So it's not like I or Roberta want anyone canceled. I had the conversation with her a couple years ago when this story did not go viral, which I was surprised about because there are a lot of rock sites that are all into social justice, and I thought would have jumped over this Metallica story. No, they are now, though. Can't escape it now. So I don't know. I was wondering, is Metallica uh, protected? You know, are they uh, above this? Which is, no one's above it. But again, what's the end result here? I think just Roberta just wanted to be heard. And that's it. And, and, and now I guess she's being heard. So here are a couple comments on my YouTube that kind of annoyed me a little bit. Well, here's one, Claudio, fake. Yeah, it's fake. Like the moon landing, you, you prick. Uh, and then there's this guy, Chris. Who's an idiot? Uh, I put this on social media and you all agree with me. What's the most annoying Guns N' Roses misspelling? Is it A-X-E-L? Yeah. And the people who spell it that way always are ones that are trolls. 
Yeah, so Chris goes, first of all, Axel, A-X-E-L, Rose, is a piece of shit. But don't be lying about Metallica. How about second of all, A-X-L is how it's spelt. It's three letters, and he's been famous for fucking 60 years. Over 60. I mean, he's been 60. Know his fucking name. Holy crap. It's A-X-L, Rose. Guns, N, one apostrophe, Roses. They've been famous for a long time. Get it right, especially if you're going to write nasty comments. And then this is one genius. You always love those people who have no avatar, no real name. So just goes by CP, goes calling BS, thinks he knows more than me, thinks he's more a responsible researcher than me. Then do your own fucking interview. You moron. <laughs> what do you want? Roberta's making this up. This is hard for her to talk about. Why do you think, and what a lesser extent this is, why women don't speak up? Because idiots like you, CP. And this is not even a Me Too thing. This is just her telling her story, and she needed to get it off her chest. And she did. She. It's two years later. She's. I don't even know if she knows this is going viral again. She's not thinking about this. She's making music. She's touring with Pink Floyd cover bands. She's... Uh, she just won the John Baptiste, uh, the band leader for Stephen uh, Colbert. He he's a musician, obviously, and he won the album of the year uh, for the Grammys. And she was on that album, so she won. She's one of the people that won album of the year last year. So she's not even thinking about this now. She got the story off her chest. So it's just you got to take all these things into account. It's just people like, hey, you know what? I hear these things about James. I'm just going to attack the person who posted it. I'm going to attack the person who said it. And I got to flip it. Like, what if someone said this about Axel? And how do I feel about one in a million? Well, I've had those discussions, including with Roberta. And it's like, you know what? My thought of, hey, Axel doesn't really mean saying those words. He's using it in a creative sense. But Roberta being a black woman, I, I of course, listen to her and her perspective. She's like, well... Maybe, yeah, I get that he's not because he was one of the nicest people ever to me. Love Axel. But perhaps he shouldn't have still used those words because they're still offensive to a group of people. Okay. Okay. That's it. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with their That's her opinion. And that's fine. And I kind of, you know, I, and I get it. I get it. So moving on. And just, I, I, I love that. So if you ever want to have a great defense of one in a million or people, because this TikToker used Axel Rose, as um, an example of, of James's racism with that famous 1993 rant, calling him a racist. And you're like, oh, whoa, what about Axel and, and one in a million? Go to my YouTube. There's a, uh, a compilation, AFD Selects, that says the one in a million defense. There are clips with, with Roberta Freeman, Tracy Amos, and Ernie C. from Body Count saying that Axel is not that guy and talking about that song. So I think that's a great defense to anyone who doesn't think, again, people who don't know Axl Rose are saying these things. And you know what? I don't know James Hetfield. This is Roberta Freeman's experience. I can't tell her anything. I'm a Metallica fan. I'm rooting for James, you know, especially me being uh, sober from alcohol now and his battles. So my heart goes out to him. I'm glad he's doing well now. So these are the conversations that we should have, Right. That's what I thought, so I'll pretend you're agreeing with me. So that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion, okay? 
So what's next? I have no idea. I had no idea I'd be on TikTok. I had no idea I'd be speaking with Dorothy and Mark LaBelle for the third time this week. Kind of came out of nowhere. So stick around. Uh, yes, of course, subscribe, follow, see when the next podcast is going to drop. But as I mentioned, you miss a lot if you're not on social media, <laughs> even TikTok. <laughs> so when's the next episode? In the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, you'll see it. I don't know. As soon as the word. Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home.